want to hear something really interesting because like before this whole thing happened my next stage in vr comedy was to be doing a monthly live vr stream show right that was going to be the next phase of the content coming in and then all of a sudden this happened right <laughs> anyways but i've uh, i've been thinking that like because uh they've been saying that when group gatherings are going to start it's only going to start like around 10 people max but that would it means when stand-up comedy comes back it's going to be in like you know probably people's living rooms and like you know really small speakeasy places right so which would be actually a great way to capture comedy again to start streaming it again in that smaller environment that more like um intimate, intimate environment you know what i mean yeah it's just going to be interesting like i i'd like to document the rebooting of stand-up comedy through vr is going to be the next the next move it's cool you're good you're good you're good though this is really good this is gonna look great post this is awesome though you're awesome this is good i'm liking this i'm liking this. but i did something amazing man i'm growing up i achieved something i wasn't able to achieve my whole life i did it just last week Ladies and gentlemen, paid off my visa. What? 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 You know I'm fucking, you know I'm doing that shit. I really deserve the applause though. Uh, I, I don't, I don't give a, I don't give a shit that I, I'm out of debt. It's just nice to finally answer the phone using my own voice and shit. Yeah, yeah. good. They know it's you, but they can't say it's you, right? <laughs> all kinds of shit, man. I'm a Canadian artist, you know? That shit's not easy. You gotta do all kinds of crazy shit. Like, start a new reality, you know what I mean? And shit's hard, you know? And, like, you know, I go through, I've gone through a lot of cycles. You know, I'm doing well now. Who knows what it's gonna be like tomorrow, you know what I mean? I learned how to adapt, I learned how to deal with it, you know what I mean? It used to bother me, right? You know what I mean? It used to bother me a lot when I was going through a broke cycle. You know what I'm saying? But then I realized, I realized something, you know? Being broke is not that bad. When you're broke, you have adventures. You know what I'm saying? Everything's new and exciting when you're broke. <laughs> when you're rich, everything's predetermined, right? You know where you're going to be sleeping that night. So what? You got a bed. I don't give a shit. <laughs> when you're broke, you wake up in the morning, you're like, mm, who am I going to have to stab for breakfast today, right? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? Is it going to be you? Nope. Stab myself, wake up in the hospital, Jello. That's right. Only person that got hurt was me. First world problems, third world solutions, you know what I'm saying? Good morning. Good day, or good evening, and welcome to 54 Lights. My name is Kandwani Mwase, and the next episode is a comics relief. My guest today is someone I followed for years. When I first met Rodney, his head was buried deep in a book. It was a posture I'd grown accustomed to finding him in. If ever I crossed him outside that familiar setting, he'd be sparring. Not literally, but mentally. 
testing his wit up against that of one of our mutual friends. In hindsight, it all makes a lot of sense. Even then, he was preparing for the stage, grooming himself for an inevitable career in comedy. Fast forward a few years, and I find myself in front of Rodney again. First at a comedy club, before a fun set, and then at a table talking about the man's businesses. What I came to understand in that sitting, and the time since, is that Rodney's a special type of comic, a breed apart. He's a funny guy for sure, but there's something behind the comedy, something deeper. To put it simply, and to repeat, Rodney is a businessman. He's a headliner and a host, a comedian and an organizer, an actor and a writer. And most recently, a digital entrepreneur working comedy into the world of VR. Now in the age of COVID, the sheer imagination to help people experience comedy as if they were actually out for an evening is the true type of business innovation and business ingenuity we need. As I said before, he's the complete artist, one who understands his value and is working to make some returns from his craft. Today's conversation may not seem like it's about business. It may not seem like it's fully about comedy. And it may not seem as if it's about art. And that's because it's not. In actuality, it's about all of those things at the same time. Speaking of which, it's time. Let's have some fun. Here, in part, is my conversation with Rodney Ramsey. I mean, I'm first generation, right? I grew up in uh, Montreal, Canada. I got uh, an older brother, younger sister. We're all five years apart. I'm a middle child, which probably explains my need for love and affection <laughs> for everybody. <laughs> my parents are uh, they're Catitians from St. Kitts uh, and Nevis, and they came to Montreal mid-70s. It was kind of like a group migration with the whole fam. Funny side story, my dad, when he, he was like, he's the oldest of like uh, all the all the family. So he was doing the um, kind of reconnaissance and he went to uh, California first. He went to Cali first and he was thinking about moving the fam out there. And then within like 24 hours of being there, someone like tried to sell him a gun and he was like, all right, we move into Canada. So so when you have you have you been back? Dude, I haven't been there since I was a kid, man. I'm dying to go. Like, you know, what I mean, mm-hmm. we were there was a fab plan to do like a huge family vacation, all the cousins and stuff, and then you know, things happen like apocalypse and yeah. you know, yeah. last change. <laughs> oh, that's funny. That's funny. <laughs> um, you know, I I did this in reverse, but you've got. Um, can you give me your your uh, your full name then? Uh, it's uh, Rodney Vincent Ramsey. 
But you never go by Vincent, though. Um, I use it as a synonym sometimes. <laughs> like, I kind of like it. Yeah, whatever. Uh, yeah, so, but not often, though. Like, my stage name is Rodney Ramsey. Would you have ever changed your name? Nah, my name's cool, man. I've never, ever considered not going by my, my real name. My name's yeah. cool. Like, I don't, I don't have to hide it, you know? Can you talk to, to, to me and to us about why, why did you go down the, the comedy road? Honestly, um, <laughs> I've thought about this. It's the same reason uh, why, like, a lot of broke-ass people, athletes turn to basketball or soccer. It's why, like, those are the most played sports is because it's the sport that requires the least amount of resources and funding to get good at you know just like with basketball or with soccer like you can like kick around the ball in your backyard and like practice tricks and get really dope or like basketball you can just dribble your ass off you know take shots comedy it's not like you know directing or learning how to film you know what i mean comedy takes like uh, you and a crowd you know what I mean? Maybe some speakers and a microphone and some lights. The most basic form of entertainment. You know what I mean? That, you know, I think the only other thing that you can teach yourself to do as easily is probably like drawing or something like that. For me, I had always been, you know, into uh, acting and like, you know, I was always, you know, kind of a class clown. So there was a point where I was like, okay, well, if I'm going to continue doing this, this seems like the most logical way in. I don't I don't have to pay any money. I can mm-hmm. get on stage. I can fail in front of people. And there could be money coming, you know, quickly. That's interesting. I would have said the opposite. So I, I get the the um, sort of the, the from a path from a financial perspective, but the harder path than, let's say, acting because, you know, you have to build your material. I mean, I don't know unless there are, you know, I guess maybe there's a small community of comics out there who just do performance and they have writers, but from what I understand, comics for the most part all write their own material, which is which is tough, right? You mean you mean the highly successful comics who can hire writers? Yeah, yeah, they they can do that. To me, that's a, that's purely a subjective course. It's very dependent on the artist. I and mean, for me, I'm not afraid of people. Like, and I, I I find things funny. You know what I mean? Whereas for me, getting in front of a group of people to talk. And like not mind failing horribly, you know, like I'm super uh, confident uh, and aware of who I am and my ego. So like I can bounce back. But if you're afraid of crowds and, you know, you can't write, you know, like, yeah, it would be the hardest. Yeah, not the right. You know, it'd be the hardest thing. Acting is hard. You got to be trained. You have a, you know what I mean? That means you got to pay for classes. Is, and then you've got to, you know, um, you have to find an agent and then you have to have the time and the money to, you know, to travel to auditions. Like, and if you want a book, you got to go auditions. Like you have to go to every audition, which means how are you going to have a day job? You know what I mean? Like you need to be funded. It's another thing to get into. You need to be funded, right? And you need to, you need to look good, which means you got to have good clothes, right? It's that- end up you walk up there <laughs> you walk up there in shorts and a t-shirt man if you're funny no one's gonna tell you anything okay. call it blue collar entertainment anybody could just get up there you know blue collar entertainment i like that okay you know when did it become a legit hey this is a legit thing that i'm going to do professionally oh yeah i mean like i always knew like i needed to be in front of people and like in the entertainment industries 
So I kind of looked at it, I kind of at first looked at it as a way in, and then it just became a way of being, you know what I mean? Like, uh, so I remember like the first moment when like I had that like true connection with a crowd, it was like, you know, it was (laughs) feeling enlightenment, reaching this mental state and this, you know, way of being that I never had before. And it felt so good, better than any drug. It was like, okay, well, you know, why would I want to do anything else other than this if I can get paid at this, you know? I really threw myself into it, like, at the beginning. So, like, uh, when I, because with open mics, uh, if you're going to open mics all the time and they know New York comedy clubs, they'll let you watch for free on the weekend, you know? So, for me, I was in my early 20s. I was like, hell yeah, what else am I going to do, right? So, I'd show up every weekend and like you know see what i can learn from the other comics and then once in a while someone wouldn't wouldn't show up and then they throw you on right so i got a taste of what weekend crowds were like pretty early on too you know which is a whole other ball game right they're ready for the laughs they're paying money so yeah yeah, there was a lot of very different and expectations is a has a lot to do with it it's a it's a lot like um hypnosis you know what i mean because if you take alcohol away from comedy shows it changes the mental state of the crowd and they're not going to be as open and if you add alcohol even if they're not getting drunk the fact that it's there it puts them in the mindset where it's like oh i'm allowed to you know i'm not at work i'm actually free to act like i want with my friends you know so yeah really changes anyways yeah really changes things oh huge so much so much i hadn't thought of it in that way so when you walk into a a, a gig, you know, for lack of a better word, are you, you're looking at all of those different things in terms of the room, the, the, the amount of things that are flowing, whether it be alcohol or not, and, and you are reading that and having that inform your, uh, how you go with your performance? Yeah, definitely. And also how I'll feel about myself after the performance. <laughs> Mm. You know, because because you can't you can't compare you can't compare certain shows if you're gonna do like a a show at 12 p.m. You know what I mean? You can't compare it to the show that you're gonna do at 8 p.m. You know, sure. or or 10:30. They're gonna be completely different shows with completely different demographics and completely different venues. And like if you do compare it, the way you you get really hurt is if you think you're gonna do the same job in one place as you do in the other, and then you go to that place with those expectations, and then you because of you going in there with the expectations, you fail in your head. And then that really, I've seen a lot of people die inside <laughs> because of that, you know, oh, just man. not because they don't take these things into account. They don't, they, they don't understand the expectations. That's why people have a rough time. And like, I've seen a lot of people get really hurt because they didn't, you know, read, like you said, like read all of those things. But because of experience, I've been doing it long enough that these are just things I do instinctively now. Given the time that we're living in, where everybody's living from living and working at home and can only go out for you know I don't know three minutes of a social distancing walk, let's say or whatever, um, what's what's the role of comedy? And maybe more importantly, is what do you do now? Like, what's what is your world pivoted to? Because you used to be on stage. I I don't know what the role of stand up is now. Like, I have no idea, like, uh, and the longer this goes on for, the more it'll have to redefine itself because comics don't know what to do now. I mean, a lot of comics are just comics, you know, like, uh, just like a lot of people are just their jobs and then their families after, right? Mm -hmm. And their social lives or whatever. So, like, I've been really thinking about, I'm like, what are a lot of comics doing and, like, what is the role? Because, you know, you're seeing a lot of 
you know, a lot more podcasts, po- a lot of podcasts and podcasts popping up. I'm, you know, I mean, that's how a lot of comics are getting their outlets. I'm, I'm reading a lot of Facebook news feeds, so, you know, go out there sometimes. And these comics, they just seem depressed, man, because I know for a fact, like me, when I used, when I used to not be able to get on stage, I would be irritable. It'd be like someone took away, like, like heroin, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like all yeah. of a sudden you're going through withdrawal. Like that happens to me emotionally when I didn't have a... Uh, comedy so yeah the role now I, I don't know I, I think it's purely online I mean what other outlet you know I've seen comics trying to do like actual comedy shows in zoom rooms which yeah. I don't think really works because comedy is a very personal thing yeah. you know so uh, yeah but for me personally like as an artist because I've been doing stand-up for so long and I was starting to see a certain uh, limitation considering on what I was willing to do to get a certain amount of success. You know what I mean? Cause uh, you know, I'm a black man. I live in, I'm English. I live in Quebec, Canada. Right. So like, you know, the language, the ethnicity and like just the funding alone for, and like in Canada, they don't, the Canadian government doesn't consider stand-up comedy a legitimate art form. Mm. Like they just don't recognize it. So you can't get funding for stand-up. I've been doing if I I've been doing a tour for almost ten years that's wildly successful, you know what I mean? That is specifically for people of color to be seen. Uh, it gets tons of news, and I cannot get money for that. Wow, you know what I mean? Like it's crazy. Wow. So and like for me to have you know for me to you know up uh, for a lot of ways to evolve stand up, whether it's like stagecraft and uh, and popularity, and, you know, just overall everything I had to go to the states but i wasn't i'm not willing to move like look look what's happening in america right now you know what i mean like i I don't i know a lot of people who've gone out there and like canadians are hardworking. they're super talented and they have no opportunities so when they go to a place with opportunities they exploit it and they're you know i mean these are very educated undervalued people you know so um but i mean like look at america now like who the hell wants to be there Oh my God. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> like to me, was not worth it to be lonely, broke. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, the people I don't go out there, you know, these guys got resources. It takes it takes a lot of money just to get there legitimately. You know what I mean? Wow. Like I just wasn't willing to do it. When I realized this, I was like, okay, cool. So maybe I should just start not say it stop doing comedy, because comedy is uh, you know, it's financially it helps financially and like I love to do it it's like a part of me so maybe I should stop looking at myself as a stand-up comedian and just start looking at myself as an artist like I like doing other things you know what I mean like why romanticize this art form and let it eat me alive inside when I can explore like all these different things so yeah man I mean I started um started doing more acting one of more auditions and booking more stuff so that really helped you know artistically financially and then I started doing the whole VR comedy uh thing which right. uh you know you've uh definitely helped out with and are uh part of and like you know I finally finished that like I finally released that after three years and it feels great you know I'm gonna focus on that you know and like I'm also uh writing a graphic novel slash book whatever yeah. so like dipping my fingers in all of these things now I now that I actually start feel I actually feel more complete as a uh, as an artist now that I'm not yeah. looking at myself as specifically a stand-up comedy comic, which had taught me to do all these other things. Now I I, I could you know I act better now because of, of, of stand-up comedy. When I when I edit, I can edit better because I understand where things need to be cut and how succinct they need to be. You know what I mean? I can write 
now because writing a joke is like every joke is like writing a miniature novella what part of those quote-unquote other things do you almost like the most do you know what i mean oh yeah definitely definitely the writing like uh trying to to finish a, a writing like you know novel type of story is next to stand-up it's the most fulfilling thing artistically like, i have ever done like so crazy big <laughs> like it's amazing yeah and you can do it at any time like this is the reason why my family doesn't hate my guts right now is because i'm writing this thing and the 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 whatever it is that comedy does for my my mood and my consciousness and that puts me at ease and at peace in the world writing has taken that burden so like i'm actually not missing the stage right now i can't i mean i can't wait to get back and it's going to be so much fun when i do you know what i mean plus the vr comedy thing makes it even that much more interesting because i'm approaching it like that but purely from an artist like you know um you know emotional you know ex- expression of self kind of thing like right now oh my god yeah writing writing for sure books are the best nothing beats books the vr comedy stuff give me the elevator pitch on vr comedy yeah man it's just uh i got incredibly uh obsessed with virtual reality and um yeah basically uh i when i started getting to vr i was like yo man like stand-up comedy needs to be a part of this right so i just started i got i you know learned how to how to edit in virtual reality in 360 i got all the equipment uh and then i just started filming stand-up i was like this is the perfect medium for stand-up comedy like you know what i mean it's you're actually feel like you're sitting in the room i always feel like there's something missing when you're watching on television so uh yeah i mean like i kind of grew with the uh, technology and like I finally filmed enough and then I learned how to build a website properly and then I freaking tossed it out there for free and like uh, yeah people seem to be biting like people are uh, are into it you know nobody can go to a, a, a stand-up show right now and the best way to get to a stand-up show is to go to your site and, and essentially if they have obviously the technology but to, to experience a stand-up show um in yeah the- there's no other Honestly, yeah. like right now, yeah, this is the it's the closest you'll get to experiencing a stand-up show the way it's supposed to be felt. But at the same time, you have to have the equipment. So yeah. there's there's that huge barrier. <laughs> well, you know? But yeah, you say that because that barrier is going to close. Because I mean, at the end of the day, the more people are at home, um, the more people are going to now start thinking about, okay, I'm going to get X, Y, Z um, types of technology because I need to entertain myself at home in a different way. Oh yeah, are you kidding me? Uh, I've I watch I've been watching sales of VR just the on the uh, you know purely economical whatever growth kind of uh, scale and uh, yeah I mean like right now people are buying headsets like crazy because yeah. everybody's home video game video games in themselves any kind of video game tech right now is doing the numbers are insane but yeah virtual reality steady growth you know I think the VR coming back to that will will really continue to take off and continue yeah. to accelerate. And I, I love that you thought you thought ahead as an artist slash entrepreneur. I'm throwing that out at, at you. Um, you know, to, to put that it to put those two mediums together. Very, very cool. You want to hear something really interesting because like hey, before this whole thing happened, like uh um the my next stage in VR comedy was to be doing a monthly live VR stream show 
right? That was going to be the next phase of the content coming in. And then all of a sudden this happened, right? <laughs> Anyways. There's a fear that in this new world, in the days of tomorrow, that art will cease to be. That in our rush to survive and revive, that the seemingly small will be rendered insignificant. Luckily, that fear will and shall be overcome by reason, by imagination. And while this chat with Rodney should ignite us to seek out laughter and fun, it should also highlight that ingenuity can take many, many forms. I may not go into a comedy club for a while, even when this is far beyond us. Attending a show or a concert or a conference or a game may not even be immediately within reach. But through VR, it may be realistically feasible. And so I got to say thanks for planting that seed, Rodney. Is, is comedy more important now or when we start to come out of this COVID? It's going to be a way bigger deal, I think, when we're like looking back and you know, look the commentary on all the things that actually are happening that people aren't completely unaware of because they're dealing with adapting to this. So, like, yeah, I think after this is over and when we start processing what we actually went through, it's funny because I like uh, whatever I'm reading a lot of philosophy now because of the thing I'm writing, and there's this. Uh, there's this uh, idea of human beings being not just having consciousness, which is just, uh, which is awareness, but they have this other built-in thing, which is called awareness of awareness. Like we're not just aware of stuff, but we're aware of the stuff that we're aware of. Right. And mm -hmm. stand-up comedy kind of functions like that, like on a larger, like social uh, kind of basis where like, you know, people go to comedy because, you know, they like, they always say when you see a stand-up show, like, oh my God, I've thought of that before or, or, or that happens all the time and I, or, and I didn't think of it. I never saw it that way because, you know, stand-up is that thing that makes you a w that second level of awareness. As a comic, how soon is too soon? Oh God, you know, I've spoken about this so many comics, like too soon is too soon. As soon as comedy starts, it's all the comics are going to be talking about, right? COVID jokes. So, yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just going to be awful for the first, that first month of stand-up is going to be the worst. <laughs> <laughs> I always wonder about this because especially when I talk to you is, does it bother you that when people talk to you, they try and be funny? Well, you know, it's funny. Like, uh, I don't tell people I'm a comic and, my wife doesn't either <laughs> like we're very we're because because of that you know what i mean we're very uh, particular on who we tell what i do okay. so that doesn't happen as much anymore you know what i mean like, and i'm uh, apologizing for all of the times that i've done that oh yeah whatever i mean you know it's freaking you know you try to you try to help out your boy right you're like yo man use that you want to use that and the answer's always no <laughs> <laughs> If you could perform anywhere, um, where would you perform? Oof, wow, I've never actually thought of that. Uh, anywhere? 
Um, I don't know, man. I I guess I've been kind of itching to perform in uh, London. There, London's kind of fresh, man. I've performed there yet, yeah. So I guess, yeah. Right now, at this moment, you ask me that question, yeah, yeah, that'd be fun. In the uh, in the movie about your life, in the bio about your life, um, I'm assuming because you're an actor that maybe you play you. But um, the bigger question is, what's the name of that of that movie or the book? Oh shit! Uh, uh, <laughs> Rodneyism. <laughs> Nice. Here you go. Um, <laughs> the art of that. Rodney. <laughs> so there you have it. The conversation continues. I'd like to thank everyone who's participated in today's show. Be they behind the scenes or on the mic. Part of our show was recorded and produced at Corner Studios with the assistance of our producer, John Kitt. Music for this episode was composed, played, and enjoyed with permission by Joachim Nortebert and Andy Ninval. If you like what you've heard, there's more. Follow us on Instagram and Twitter under our handle, Crowd54. Remember... You can find us wherever you do your listening. iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, and that's just a few of them. Listen, like, share. Until we meet again. Thanks for listening.